0: super talk mississippi media production if you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in washington tune in to super talk jackson on wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m and sundays from 8 30 to 9 30 a.m for element wealth radio with jeremy nelson learn more at myElementWealth.com. you're listening to the rebel report podcast where it's all old mess all the time Here's your host, Michael Borkey. Yes, that's right. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me on this Thursday morning. Thursday morning of Georgia week. It's a massive game. We'll talk about that coming up here a little bit later. We're going to start the day with a couple of news items, one involving Ole Miss, one involving Georgia. Then we'll get to uh, the long conversation on uh, what's on the line This weekend in Athens. But first, I want to tell you my name is Michael Borky. Again, please follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky. B-O-R-K-E-Y is how you spell the absolutely terrible last name that I have, but it's mine, and so I got to promote it anyway. I'm, I'm kidding, of course, but follow me there. Subscribe to this podcast if you're listening on the website. Pull out your phone. Favorite podcast app, whatever it is. I'd recommend Spotify, but any of them work just fine. Search Rebel Report. Subscribe. And leave a rating and a review. So, Ole Miss uh, got some unfortunate news. Um, well, I say that, uh, as as always with the program, uh, injury news is kind of uh, a vague. And it's secondary stuff and nothing confirmed on the record. However, enough people have said it. Uh, And and the player himself actually put something out on social media that would indicate that what is being reported is at least to some degree true. Word got out yesterday that Micah Pettis uh, injured himself uh, somehow in practice, a foot or an ankle or a heel, whatever it is, something on uh, one of his lower legs, we can call it that. Uh, I haven't been able to get anything concrete myself. I know it's been reported elsewhere that um he's possibly out for the year. Uh regardless he has suffered some kind of significant injury. The rumor mill is spinning. I haven't been able to get any confirmation myself, but again, if enough people have reported it and nobody has denied it, then you know 1 plus 1 sometimes equals 2. So, if it is not true and he plays, th- that's awesome. And so ignore everything I'm about to say, but if he doesn't What does that mean for Ole Miss? If Micah Pettis is, in fact, injured uh, to the point where he cannot play, possibly for the rest of the year, what kind of impact is this on Ole Miss? On one hand, uh, I've seen some of, well, he holds too much. It's not that big of a loss, no big deal. Um, Yes, he does hold a lot. That that has been kind of a calling card. And yes, we on this podcast and on the radio show have talked about him specifically in games like Tulane in Arkansas, where he didn't play well at all uh but i thought in the texas a&m game his value on top of playing a, a good game and run blocking was really good he was the enforcer he was a punisher on saturday and um i mean even did the little things like like he baited a&m i mean he did just enough to get them uh, to to act out not just getting punched in the groin after that, but it was all game, really. I mean, he pancaked a guy and turned around and sat on him. I mean, the funniest damn thing I've ever seen. I mean, he just destroyed this guy and then literally turned around and sat on him. Uh, but he is, when he's engaged, like he was this past Saturday, he's an enforcer. He's a punisher. Physically, uh, in the run game, was was quite good. I, I think that anybody trying to to spin this as no big deal... Losing your right tackle, who's got that upside. Again, I know it's the, the consistency has been an issue, but he's got tremendous upside and is a physical uh, enforcer and a tone setter, especially in run blocking. At least he was last Saturday. Uh, losing that guy is bad. I mean, th- there's no other way to to spin it. If he can't go on Saturday, that that is a loss for Ole Miss. Uh, yes, holding penalties are, are real, and he's had his his share of them for sure, but that doesn't make... His upside and his ability—something um, that they will not miss. It appears, at least from my untrained eye, like he's the, the kind of guy that you know elevates his play based on competition or the stakes on the game. And you know, maybe that's not true. I don't know, but at least that's what it looks like to me. Either way, it is a significant loss if he cannot go on Saturday. I will say though. If you're looking, so that's the negative, right? The the downside is losing your right tackle, who is a punisher, is very bad in in a game like this one, especially where Georgia's kind of susceptible uh, in the run game, as comparatively speaking. Anyway, it's still a very, very good defense with elite players everywhere, but compared to the last two years, this Georgia defense um, is not as good in run defense as they have been in years past. So, so that's that's not good. The positive spin is, or losing him is not good. George not being good at stopping the run is, a you know a very good thing for Ole Miss. Forgive my rambling. Um, the, the positive spin, though, if you're looking for that, is they have experience to fill the void. It, it's not like Ole Miss now without Micah Pettis is going to have to throw in, you know, a, a freshman that's never played before and and hasn't really given them anything at all and. This kid's gonna get his first game action in Athens on a Saturday night on a in a sold out stadium against the best team in college football. This is not that. Ole Miss has experience here, so I would assume. You know, maybe I'm wrong here, but I would assume that that Kern would move over to right tackle. The the Washington transfer. He's played a metric ton of football. He's an experienced veteran player who you know he's. I don't think he's played in Athens yet, but he's he's been around a, a long time. He's an experienced player, and he's played a lot for Ole Miss this year as well. And I would assume Jaden Williams would assume uh, the left tackle spot that he held last season. I mean, so you're replacing Micah Pettis, depending on how they want to do it, with somebody that either started for them last year or somebody that has, I mean, played a lot of college football, been around a long time. Uh, in the Division One ranks, so if any position could have, you know, taken an injury and been equipped to fill that void better than most, it is offensive tackle. Considering how uh, they have amassed some depth there, now behind those two guys, I wonder what kind of rotation there will be if there is one at all. Maybe those two guys play the entire game if they can knock on wood for health. Um, I don't know who would spell them if they decided to to rotate in the game. Not having that depth is obviously an issue, but I do think when you, when you look at the other positions on the field, I mean Spencer Sanders isn't uh He's what played in 43 games in his career. So if Jackson Dart were to get hurt again, knock on wood, hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, at least you have a competent, capable backup. But what other position uh, would Ole Miss? Uh, be as equipped to weather an injury storm uh, quite like this one. I mean, you've got Bentley at running back and Judkins was banged up earlier this year and they survived okay, but um, a positive spin there is they are equipped, at least from a starting perspective, uh, to handle this uh, better than uh, they have in years past and, and better than other positions on the field. They've got experience there to fill that void. Don't get me wrong, though, it's a big loss, but at least that they've got experience there uh, to to be able to manage this, as opposed to having to play somebody that um, hasn't been in this spot before. So uh, there's a little spin zone for you. Other injury news. On the flip side, Georgia, Brock Bowers, their one-of-one tight end, elite-level tight end, the best in the country, first-round pick for sure. Uh, injured his ankle a few weeks ago Uh, he is practicing this week Uh, a Georgia player yesterday in their uh, in their press opportunity talked about how he was running at like 20 miles an hour or whatever Kirby poured a little bit of cold water on that Uh, I'm paraphrasing here but essentially said you know it's easy to run in a straight line when you're coming off of an injury like his it's more than just uh, running in a straight line you've got to do other things as well and they're not uh, confident that he's back to full strength doing those other things as well. We had a, uh, a Georgia beat writer on the radio show yesterday, and uh, Jordan Hill was his name. He's uh, a reporter or a beat writer for the 24-7 site there that covers Georgia. Uh, he said yesterday he thinks that uh, he will play being Brock Bowers, but on a limited basis said, uh, if I remember correctly, that you, know, you can expect about 15 snaps out of him which him taking any snaps at all is uh, is not good for Old Miss. The guy is an elite player. Uh, I'm going to keep using this phrase. He's one of one uh, in college football at the tight end position. But if he does play and he's limited to 10 to 15 snaps is is what I think Jordan Hill said to us, then that's better than the alternative of him being a full go and playing the entire game. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on is – uh. Uh, his health and his availability, because he is a, a great player. Ole Miss's chances to win this game go down with every snap that he is on the field. But if he's limited, uh, you would much rather that uh, than him being a uh, a full go for whatever that's worth to you. So those are the that's the injury news of the day. Also, here's a random stat of the day for you. I was looking some stuff up for the radio show today. Uh, Ole Miss defensively. So Ole Miss has played the number 13 schedule in all of college football, according to the ESPN-FPI. For what it's worth, they say that their strength of record is, uh, is number 9. So objectively, very difficult schedule. Which, by the way, cracks me up. We've had some people text into the radio show about how Ole Miss hasn't played anybody yet. And that's just so damn stupid, it's hard to even wrap your mind around. You could have done that uh, for last year's team. Before the the final four games of the season. Can't do that with this one. This team has been tested. Again, the number 13 schedule in all of college football. And they rank defensively 32nd in America in opponent yards per play. They are 24th in America in opponents rushing yards per play. So a top 25 defense in opponents rushing yards per carry. They are 2nd in the SEC in sacks. And they are 4th in the SEC in interceptions. Uh, There are still people mostly that cover Alabama, that that will try to convince you that Pete Golding is bad at his job. And again, what he's done with this team, considering the personnel that they had in January, how he had to build this version of his defense through the portal, and they're still limited in some spots, at least when it comes to high-end talent, what he's getting out of this defense is objectively an excellent coaching job. They have made uh, mediocre offenses' lives uh, a living hell, especially when it comes to uh, Havoc rate, tackles for loss, sacks, turnovers, stuff like that. But even the better offenses that they've played, they've still found their ways to get stops in the fourth quarter. Uh, remember the LSU game where they got four stops in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's rather significant. And so maybe they're not able to get it done this Saturday. Maybe George is able to move the ball up and down the field on him this Saturday. George has got talent all over the field. But those numbers are yet another reminder. That uh, Ole Miss is in very good hands uh, defensively, and and if they can play, I mean, maybe they're not able to shut Georgia down. It's entirely possible that they can't. But if you haven't seen a dramatic shift in how they are running their defense to this point in the season, then you are intentionally ignoring the obvious in front of you. So again, maybe they can't get it done this weekend. If they can't, that's okay. But those numbers really stood out to me on uh, how well coached uh, the, this, uh, this Ole Miss defense is. So there's your, uh, there's your random stat of the day. We'll get to the, uh, the live chat here in one second. I do want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online. ABSMS.com. That's the website if you're in the market for office technology and your business is located anywhere in Mississippi. Anywhere in Mississippi. Office tech and you need it. ABSMS.com. That's the website. Tell them I sent you. You get a complimentary office technology assessment, so you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. For all of your office technology needs, Advantage Business Systems, absms.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. With 16 locations here in Mississippi, there's likely one in your backyard. I told you last time we talked that I had to go to the bank to cash a check, and it went uh, very smoothly. Uh, The teller remembered my name. I didn't have my son uh, with me, but she still offered me a a sucker to give to him anyway. That's the kind of people that work at your local Priority One Bank location. They make you their priority with their online banking platform. It's a one-stop shop. You don't need multiple apps to do everything you want to do with your money because Priority One Bank makes you their priority. Okay, here it is. This is a live chat. Talked about what is on the line uh, this weekend. I thought it was a good conversation. It's been kind of a talking point this week of... You know how big this game is. What does it mean? What do they get with a win and stuff? And uh, some people disagree with this line of thinking in this conversation, and and some people do. So I thought it was a good talk. It's a long talk, and uh, here that is for you right now, talking about what is on the line this weekend for Ole Miss with uh, with the live chat. Here that is now. Thank you for tuning in. I'll talk to you again here soon. I want to talk about that a little bit because. What what interests me about games are you know what's on the line. If you guys know me, especially the the way you know we go about game week on the radio show, I like to name weekends and because of what's on the line. What are the consequences and the benefits of of a win or the outcome of this game? And, and Ole Miss is at Georgia. Lane Kiffin this week in the press conference talked about it being a free shot. That's been a topic of conversation and was on the radio show today and uh the the other two guys disagree with me on on how I view this game and the consequences of a loss is more uh, of what I was focused on what what does losing this game do uh, to Ole Miss I think the winning part of it's obvious but anyway so there's a lot to discuss there my name is Michael Borky please like the video subscribe to the channel if you have not already also if you're uh, watching this after it's over Please, still comment. Leave a comment as well. I read those. I appreciate those. They do also help me a ton. So let's start there, actually. I'll give you some of my thoughts, and then we'll read your comments, as we always do. Um, Reward versus consequence of of a football game is, like I said, it's very interesting to me. And so the the obvious, because, you know, I, I saw one of the, the publications that covers Ole Miss put out there that this is the biggest game in program history. And, you know, frankly, I, I, don't, I don't believe that is true. And mostly because there is nothing – now. now hear me. There's nothing material gained from a win. The SEC West is not on the line. A trip to Atlanta is not on the line. This is not a win and make the playoff game. Now, if you win this game, it makes your argument for the playoff very, very strong. But you need help because the winner of Ohio State-Michigan, if they both show up to that game undefeated, will make the playoff. You assume the SEC champion, you should anyway, is going to make the playoff. If Texas runs the table, they're going to make the playoff. If Florida State runs the table, they're going to make the playoff. If Washington runs the table, wait a minute, that's five. So you get my point. You're going to need a lot of help even with a win. So a program that has had games with the West on the line and a program that albeit it happened, you know, before my dad was born, uh, has won national championships before this cannot to me be the biggest game in program history, but it is the biggest opportunity since 2003 for sure. You can argue it's the biggest game since 03, but definitely the biggest opportunity in modern Ole Miss football. I mean, you, you would keep, a strong argument for making the college football playoff, obviously something that you haven't done. And it's rarefied air. If you look at the number of teams that have made it playoff first happened in 2014, very few teams have actually made the thing. It's a very small percentage. So you would make an argument to be in that elite company. You would be the team that would slay the giant. That is Georgia, the gold standard of football. It would help you with national recognition Uh, that the college football world would be buzzing about you and your program. I assume NIL donations uh, would, would flow in after that. All of those things are true. But materially, the, the win itself doesn't give you anything in terms of the outcome of the season, if that makes sense. Yes, it would be a big deal. You would get national attention. You would get notoriety. You, you could use it to, to help you with recruiting. You could use it to help you fundraise. All of that is very true. But I'm talking about in terms of the outcome of the season – Nothing is gained on Saturday in that regard. Uh, but that's not to take away the the importance uh, of the win. It would be massive. It, w- it would be defining in, in so many different ways uh, for Ole Miss football. Here's where, where I differ from some people. And here's where I differ from the guys on the radio show. If you say things like, if you talk about program direction, and re- recruiting benefit and history, and it would be an all time great win, and those kind of things. And again, all of that is very, very true. Where I differ is when we got a text on the show, and we got a few like this, but one in particular that said, A, a win puts Ole Miss on the map. A-, a win makes everybody around the country like it, it moves Ole Miss up a tier and-, and it gives them respect. And a loss would keep everything the same. And I disagree with that completely. If you can still have a season that would be a historic one-of-one one in your program with a loss, then it wouldn't stay the same. If Ole Miss happens to lose on Saturday, and they finish the season to chalk and go to an access bowl, there would still be serious recruiting momentum the program would still be on a massively upward trajectory. They would finish in the top 10. R- recruiting would be great. Fundraising would be great. They would enter the offseason in the top 10 returning quarterback and running back and two of their top three wide receivers and and talent all over the place, and the portal would go really well, and all of that would be still a step up. And so that's why I can't subscribe to the idea that th- that there are – there are that things would stay the same if almost lost to Georgia, that nothing would change about the program. I, I don't buy into that. And maybe that's splitting hairs, maybe that's the argument that everybody's making, but th- that one text in particular to the show is something that I'm gonna hang on to is when somebody said, if they lose, ho hum, nothing changes. I I I find that to be completely and totally bogus. Because if you can win 10 games and go to an Access Bowl and win. By the way, if you win that Access Bowl, it'd be the only 11-win season in program history. Seriously, a one-of-one season in the history of the program would still give you all of those things. Upward trajectory, national recognition, a ton of off-season hype, a ton of recruiting benefit, a ton of fundraising. Not as much as if you would beat Georgia, but if you don't win that game... There is nothing material that you would lose. You would get less of something, but there was nothing material that you would that you would actually lose. So that's kind of where I fell on it. And that's maybe I'm articulating it poorly, and because uh, it was it was very heavily argued against on the radio show today. Uh, I, I was kind of on an island of one there. But if there's nothing that you that you lose, then the, the phrase is opportunity, free shot, all of that applies because there is nothing about this season that would be anything other than wildly successful and forward moving, even if they lose to Georgia on Saturday. So uh, if that makes sense, I hope it does. If not, we'll see if some of your messages can help me clarify that. But that's kind of where I stand. I think free shot totally applies. It's the gold standard of college football. Losing this game, uh, especially if they're competitive, is absolutely nothing to be upset about in any way, shape, or form. History is still in front of the team, even if they lose on Saturday. So, anyway, let's get to it. I agree with what Kiffin was saying about a free shot. No guarantee you even make the playoff if you win the game. But, really, there's nothing to lose in Athens. See, I agree. NY6 might be on the table both ways. That's the thing. I mean, you, you might end up in the same place. But... You know, knocking off the gold standard of college football would still be uh, the, the stuff of legends. It, it really would. Um, it, it really would. But yeah, I, I think that this the, the team should be extremely loose, extremely loose on Saturday. Uh, I mean, they, they have nothing to worry about after Georgia, right? It's Louisiana Monroe. They can sleepwalk through it. It doesn't matter. They can give Georgia their best shot. They can play comfortable and relaxed. And and th- there's no pressure. There, there's absolutely no pressure on Ole Miss on Saturday. None. At least there shouldn't be. Although I'm really looking forward to um, the first couple of Ole Miss' uh, Ole Miss's drives on Saturday ending in a punt or, or not being touchdowns and people talking about how Charlie Weiss sucks. I'm really looking forward to that one. Or if Jackson Dart throws his, what, fourth interception of the year, um, people talking about how he sucks and, and Sanders should play. Uh, I know that list, that's a very, very tiny, tiny number of people. But I even saw some of that on Saturday. It's all Charlie West Jr. sucks. Yeah, they ran up over 500 yards of offense against the best defense in the SEC. Uh, anyway, I, I mean, there there, there should be a negative emotional reaction to this game is, is not something that I will understand. Um, you should not be beating Georgia at this point. Where they are and, and where you are. And so if you happen to do that, holy crap. But if you ju- if you go there and play well, there's no such thing as moral victories, but you should still feel really good about the direction of your program should that happen. Bud Elliott, apparently not a fan of Ole Miss. Well, he's a Florida State guy, but w- what happened? I-, I like Bud, so le- let me know. Tennessee will be rooting for Ole Miss II. A win at Missouri and an Ole Miss W make the de facto East title game in Knoxville next week. Absolutely. Yeah. Tennessee fans have got to be rooting for Lane Kiffin on Saturday. Imagine that. Georgia ranks 114 in red zone defense this year. Also, their rushing defense. Now, now don't kid yourself. It's still Georgia. It's still that defense. It's still those players. It's still Kirby Smart. They're still really, really good on that side of the ball, but they are more susceptible to the run than they have been in years past. I mean, Missouri, Missouri's pretty good up front. They have a good little back. Uh, they're schemed well, but I, I, I wouldn't trade Ole Miss's backs in quarterback or, or scheme for Missouri's. And they were able to have success running against Georgia. They're still very, very good. They're still, I mean, five stars everywhere, but they are not as dominant uh, stopping the run as they have been the last couple of years. And the statistics, uh, they do bear that out. Losing to Georgia knocks you down a few spots, but winning your last two puts you back in the top 10 for an access bowl. And then all the momentum in the world going into next year. It's obvious by tonight's rankings that the committee will not punish too harshly for a loss at Georgia. I agree. Almost Miss is everything to gain and nothing to lose, you say. Lane is doing the thing he should have done versus Alabama. Give no bulletin board material for their head coach. Um, I, I don't think that what Lane said made Alabama playing play better I I don't I I just I don't subscribe to that line of thinking um at all uh but I do think his approach impacts the way the Alabama game has been coached in in years past for sure but yeah he's given Kirby and Georgia nothing I, I think you know there's a lot of coaches that say they're friends with other coaches when they're really not um there's another SEC West coach that is famous for talking about having friends in the industry that he's not really friends with. Um, but in this case, I do believe that they are actually friends, and, and Lane does deeply respect Kirby Smart. and um, Yeah. Can't agree with it being the biggest game because Ole Miss doesn't control their own destiny. Winning the game would make it one of the biggest wins since 1962, I guess. Absolutely, it would be one of the biggest wins, but since it doesn't, immediately gain you something material in the season they have played games with more on the line 2003 lsu that was a material thing Win and you go to the sec championship obviously not the case here i guess it's splitting hairs i mean it's it's massive uh, all the same but yeah Georgia ranks 114 in red zone defense this year. This late in the year, that doesn't seem like smoke and mirrors. It's not statistically. You very much are what you are at this point. But man, that, here's the thing: they're, they're still. I mean, it's it's still Georgia, and, and I know that you know Missouri played them tough and and threw a couple of bad interceptions late and, and kind of cost them an opportunity to win that game. Um, Ole Miss has got to play their. Their A game on offense, defense, and special teams at the same time for four quarters. If they're going to win this game, and uh, where where you should be concerned, at least in my opinion, is they haven't done that yet. They have played their A game offensively for four quarters. LSU. They've played their A game defensively for four quarters. Arkansas. Uh, they've played their A game defensively for a quarter. LSU. Um, y- you know, they they've shown. Flashes of great ability on all facets of the game. They've got a kicker that made a 56 yarder in the in a tight spot earlier this season. Special teams has been a problem for Ole Miss, though. Something's got to give there. But um point is they have yet to do that. And that doesn't mean they can't. They just haven't done it yet. They're not winning on Saturday if they don't get an A game from offense, defense, and special teams for four quarters. They have yet to do that. If they do that, they can win. I do not think they can win if they get average to below average from one of the three main facets of the game, if that makes sense. Just going to relax and enjoy the game. No pressure. Still Thanksgiving. The only way that I will look at at Saturday as a failure is if they play poorly and get beat badly. So again, I know there's there's no such thing as moral victories, and 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 I get it, I do. But if they go there and they play well and they just get beat, I will have positive things to say uh, about the program and Lane Kiffin and and all that. I, I I will if they go there. Georgia has not lost in that place since 2018, guys. That, that's a long freaking time ago. I mean, since before COVID, and that feels like a, a century ago at this point. So if they go there and they play well and they just get beat, you you, you won't hear criticism from me, frankly. And maybe that's what I'm supposed to do in this business. As you guys know, I was highly critical of them after the Alabama loss. I don't think I'll do the same here unless they played poorly. This would have been a good time for the 12-team playoff. But here's the thing about that, Tim. And this is why I'm so adamant that – Losing is not the end of the world here because what you carry from what this season will be, regardless of Saturday's outcome into the 12 team playoff era is still massive. So the committee said a bunch with their rankings, in your opinion, obvious Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida state run the table. First up is one of the first up of the one losses will be the winner of Ohio state, Michigan. Second up is loser of Oregon-Washington round two. There's a lot of possible chaos this weekend. A whole lot of, uh, of possible chaos this weekend. Even in and 20, or 2003 and 2015, if Ole Miss wins the SEC, they probably aren't in the playoff. Maybe 2015 is a four seed, but Bama was 11-1, and one, and I think the committee would just go Bama bias, lost to Memphis too. Probably so. Did I see what Bud Elliott said? No, I didn't, so I'm glad you're clarifying that for me. If Ole Miss beat Georgia, then he'd put them into his top 12. Yeah, well, they belong there right now, regardless of uh, of what he says there. Texas is third up. Of one of the one losses, Bama will jump into that slot if beating Georgia. Regardless of loss to Texas, they'll have wins over Tennessee and Georgia and Ole Miss. And Tennessee, or excuse me, in Texas only has a win over Alabama. Yep. Next year, Ole Miss will be sitting pretty at the ten spot. Yeah, I mean that's going into next year the momentum returning quarterback and and running back and and as I understand it, Watkins would be back and Wade would be back and. And, I mean, they, they would be, I mean, going into next year, Ole Miss would have the best backfield, including quarterback, returning in college football. Losing Saturday doesn't change that, but anyway. The committee proved last year with final rankings, head-to-head doesn't matter if a team is thought to be a better team despite that head-to-head. Texas versus Bama last year, Bama ranked higher in final poll. Very good. Yeah, very good point. You think Georgia has a free shot this weekend as well, though? Do they, though? I, I think the. I mean, the, there's more pressure on Georgia than Ole Miss. Uh, I mean, because if you lose this game, the next week becomes the, the de facto SEC East championship. If you lose this game, uh, you give yourself a, a, a real uh, a real chance to miss the playoff even though I think they would get more benefit of the doubt being the, the recent two national champion there, there's too much else going on. I mean, you, you're talking undefeated Florida state, undefeated Ohio state or Michigan. Uh, The one lost Texas team that will win the big 12 in this scenario, undefeated Washington. I mean, there's a lot then that Georgia would then need help. I, I think, In that case, I mean, maybe not because actually, as I talk through it, that's kind of stupid because they can win the SEC at at, well, they'd be twelve and one at that point. They'd still get in, but there's still more pressure on them playing for recruiting this weekend. I hear you. You'd be curious to hear my answer on this if Ole Miss was five and four going into Athens and five and five coming out. Would Arnett be on as hot of a seat as he is now? Chips would be in the egg bowl, I guess. Uh, no, he would not be. Now fans would still be restless, and the product would would still be something that people would be wondering what the hell is going on, and this doesn't look right. Um, but uh, I mean, I I think that anybody thinking about it rationally would say that Ole Miss's success is also part of why uh, there is such unrest. Not the only reason, because, again, the team should be a lot better than they are right now. It looks disorganized. Uh, I mean, even things like messaging and stuff I think is really, really bad. But it is a factor. There's no doubt it's a factor. On Neil's podcast today, he said he's, quote, heard of two names that were mentioned for the possible open state job, end quote. Not that he's reporting it. One is really Willie Fritz. That would make a lot of sense. His age would be a question, but he's getting a lot out of a program that doesn't, you know, necessarily have a lot, although being in a talent rich state helps. Um what I would be weary about as a state fan is hiring a guy that would view it as like, oh, this is my final destination. You know, it's kind of my retirement job. Get a nice check. Because in this area you gotta grind like hell. Now it seems like Willie Fritz is is a grinder and he grinds like hell and he's a great coach and he's doing a lot of really good things. But I, I would have questions about age and, you know, position in his career. Truly, how motivated would you be to to have to elevate, you know, Mississippi State to to try to compete with Alabama and LSU and Texas A and M and now Oklahoma and Texas. And you know, you've really got to grind at, at at a lower tier SEC school um, or do it differently, you know? So would he be willing to do that? Uh, win this weekend will help recruiting more than anything this season. I hear that, but you know what helps with recruiting more than anything? Money, which I guess, you know, winning this game would raise a lot of money, which would help in recruiting, but um, that, that that's what really helps anymore, but. Third down offense for Ole Miss has been abysmal this year, offense and defense. Yeah, and it's the the nightmare matchup against Georgia's great third down D. It's vice versa the other way as well in Georgia's favor. So I, I did see, oh gosh, what was his name? Um, I got to pull it up. The advanced stats guy. Uh, he put the he puts the charts out every week that are really really good. Uh, Parker Fleming thank you Parker Fleming did point out though uh, stats of war on uh, on Twitter. he's the guy that does all the advanced uh, stats. he thinks that this game is going to be really really close on Saturday for what it's worth but uh, he did point out Olvis's success rate on first down um, benefits them because Georgia's success rate on first down on defense is not uh, very good so it's uh, an interesting little dynamic there. Ole Miss really bad on third down. Georgia's really good on third down. Ole Miss really good on first down. Georgia not very good on first down. That's a weird uh, thing that that has happened here you know, with these two teams. With these two teams, it's a free shot for Ole Miss. I think the text on your show meant that as a, it wouldn't be an Armageddon situation if they lost. Not that it doesn't affect their program's reputation. Yeah, I, I just you know, kind of beating a dead horse with this, but this season would not be status quo. It wouldn't be the same. It would be very, very different. Uh, It would be historic if it goes to chalk. And, And that, to me, is still recruiting momentum, program status, national recognition. All of that is still going up. Maybe just not as high, maybe not as fast or whatever, but it, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be doing this. This season would not be doing this. And it, for those of you listening to the podcast, it, my, my, I've got my arm flat here on the screen. It would still be going in an upward uh, direction. But anyway, not to beat a dead horse, but think of it. This think if this was, gosh, I can't read tonight. What the hell, man? But think of if this season was next season. Oregon and Washington times two, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, potentially Texas and Oklahoma, too, all irrelevant. That's not true. Um, Oklahoma losing a second time would knock them out, and a bye would be on the line for all of these games. But if you say all those are irrelevant, well, then you're ignoring the fact that Ole Miss' win this past Saturday would have been extremely big and relevant and important, as like nationally, as opposed to just what it was locally. So, you know, you lose a little bit of luster on those because instead of a, it, it being an elimination game, it's a by elimination game. But the volume of other games that would become more important cannot be ignored in that argument. You think Ole Miss is a better shot to win this game than Alabama earlier this year because of the lack of the saving factor? I think uh, at – I really can't read. This is embarrassing. I can't read. (sighs) Sorry, guys. I am just out of it mentally. Um, But, yeah, you know, and Ole Miss is healthy now Uh, offensively. They weren't healthy in the Alabama game. They, they really weren't. I mean, Harris couldn't give it a go. scorn was just now coming back. Judkins was banged up to some degree. Uh, they're, they're healthy now. And you see what a difference Trey Harris can, can make to that offense. He really opens up so much uh, with with the gravity that he's going to command from Georgia. So do I think Georgia will be kind of tight? No, I don't. I do not think they will be tight in any way. Kirby's got the – I mean, they're a machine. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't lose. They could have last weekend. But, no, I don't expect Georgia to be tight. I mean, this is a group of guys that has played in too many big games. Um, and this is a coach that has played and won too many recent big games to, to have any level of tightness in this game at all. Georgia losing this game isn't too bad for them because they probably have to win out to be in the playoff anyway. So I don't know if a 12-1 title game loser gets in this year. Probably not. Probably not. 31-13 Ole Miss, you say? I don't think Ole Miss's defense can hold Georgia to 13 points. But, hey, man, I am far more likely to be wrong than right when it comes to uh, score predictions. So. You feel that Georgia has to win, and Ole Miss just needs to go see what happens. They lose, and it's still likely ten and two in an Access Bowl. What if Georgia beats Ole Miss forty five to nothing? That that's a, a totally uh, different conversation. Do I think Lane will treat this game like Texas Tech if Ole Miss gets down early? He shouldn't uh, at all because the the team has shown him the ability to. Stay in games if things aren't going well for them early. I think that would be a really stupid uh, thing for him to do. I don't expect him to do it that way. He hasn't even – even in the Alabama game this year, he didn't show you that that, that is still a thing uh, that that he uh, will do. Georgia will be there ready to play, but Ole Miss will be there to knock off Goliath. That is exactly what Georgia is. Can Ole Miss play a full four quarters? Um there's your nine and a half million dollar question, right? I mean, that's, there's your question. Can they, I mean, you would think they can, will they, that might be the difference in winning and losing. If Ole Miss gets smoked and looked out and looks outmatched and outcoached, do the quote lane can't win the big game questions pop back up. LSU isn't the one it was five weeks ago. Um, No, I mean, not for me. I, I think that expecting, uh, Expecting Ole Miss and the state that they were in um, in August, for example, and the expectations in August uh, to go to a place that nobody has won since 2018 and and win, or and even not play well is not something that should should bring those kind of conversations up. But if they do look like overmatched and outcoached and and poor, then the criticism that follows would be just. But I don't know if it's can't win the big game. I mean that. I still think the LSU win is extremely valuable, um, even if even if you don't. Um, but man, they've they have four wins this year when they were tighter down in, in the fourth quarter. I, I think that that speaks directly to to coaching and and also to team leadership. But no, I don't think that would be fair, even if they don't play close. What if Ole Miss beats Georgia 45-24? Then you're talking about their playoff resume. You just want a complete game from the Rebels? What's crazy is they're in this position and haven't given you one yet. It's a mark of a very mature team. We talk about that a lot, but that's the mark of a really mature team, that they're able to find ways to win um, in different ways every week. Georgia has gotten down early to South Carolina, Florida, and Missouri. Ole Miss is great at scripting early yeah they are um the, Georgia has struggled in the first quarter I mean basically all season absent the Kentucky game it is something it is something that they uh, have not done well and yes Ole Miss has come out of the gate extremely hot I mean that's like Lane Kiffin's calling card there the, the first couple of drives are going to be really interesting in that regard If the O-line plays like they played last weekend, they will have a chance to win. For sure. They did well last Saturday. I mean, that that statistically anyway uh, was the best defensive front and the best defense in the SEC that that, that they played last week, and they put up over 500 yards of offense. So, yeah. If it's a three-point game going into the fourth, what are we thinking? Uh, I think that in that scenario, Ole Miss wins. How about that? There you go. There's something for you. Yeah, I think that Ole Miss would win a game. Uh, If it's a three-point game going into the fourth quarter, based on the way they play in fourth quarters, I think they'll win the game. What are they going to do to Michigan? Uh, Send them to the moon, hopefully, but probably nothing. At this point, being an Access Bowl-level team most likely gets you into the playoff starting next year. Uh, I could be wrong about this. You guys might have to fact-check me on that. Uh, I do think that, I do believe, I should say, that there has not been a 10-win Power 5 team that was left out of the top 10 in the final college football playoff rankings. I do not believe that that is the case. And so, there you go. You win ten games, you go to the playoff, essentially. So, and like I told you guys before, they're going to, um, they're going to alter the automatic bids. Hundred percent, they're going to. They're, it, it's going to happen. They're going to give fewer automatic bids and more at larges. You watch. If this game is in twenty twenty four, just don't get blown out, and you're in at ten and two. Win, and you get a home game. That's how real this thing gets next year. But Elliott used Ole Miss's struggle versus Tatum last week as it versus AM last week as his excuse for them to be outside his top twelve, but it had a two loss Oklahoma State team who got obliterated by South Alabama in it. Yeah, you know why he he's doing it because of this conversation right here. Ole Miss has two chances left to play a quote complete game. Now that more likely will come against Mississippi State, but I thought until the AM blocked field goal that you were getting it last week. You were getting it last week until then, and the dynamic of that game completely shifted. Yeah, you got that in the first quarter and a half of that game for uh, for sure. They don't even need to do that against Mississippi State, honestly. They don't need to play a complete game, and they can still win that game at, at, at this point. You know, I, I know the Egg Bowl gets weird or whatever, but – They don't even have to play a complete game in that one. Is this Ole Miss team better than the 21 team? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Is this team better than the 21 Ole Miss team? Uh, Yes. I I think so. I think this team would beat the 21 Ole Miss team. I do. Kicking's been good if they can hold the snap for the most part, yeah. Wow. Cool. Go ahead and block you. People are weird. People are weird. You don't think 21 or 23 Ole Miss are a good top to bottom as 2015, but they're definitely better coached. I agree with that. Ole Miss needs a punter bad. That causes Lane to do crazy things. Sometimes, yes, they, they need to portal a punter in the worst way. Um Good punters are such weapons, man. I mean, they, they can really just change the complexion of a game. And when you've got somebody that's giving you 30-yard punts, I mean, that's just not acceptable. You, you can't do that. They can really hurt you. No, Caleb Williams absolutely does not return to college. Nope. If I think about it, Missouri was the more important game for Georgia. The East was seriously on the line. It certainly was. This team finds a way to win just like Georgia does. It's going to be a hell of a game either way it goes. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think the same thing about John Summerall. Um, I mean, if you're state, you sure as hell better try to make a run at him. But, you know, with Kentucky looming, maybe he finds it better to be patient to go get that job. And, you know, that that that's a emotional place to him. That's not just a job to him, obviously. So, If the football gods came down and told Lane Kiffin they'd be down one with two minutes left with the ball and a chance to win, he would give up half his salary for that shot today. Depends on what his assets are, right? Also possibly depends on what his divorce agreement is. Anyway. The Mississippi State coaching situation seems like a huge opportunity to lock in the in-state recruiting for Ole Miss. That's already happening. Uh, Lane needs to pounce this, but I'm not concerned that he won't. Yeah, it's already happening. Quit wishing on a star, Georgia by 21. I think we've had a really rational conversation here, Wire Room. To tell you the truth, I I think that Everybody here understands what a tall task it is for Ole Miss, but, it, but if you think that there is absolutely no shot uh, for them in this game, you are um, actually doing the wishing on a star. Not us, but appreciate you being here. Please like the video. Looks like Stanka Burnside visited Oxford today. Ole Miss looking to have another A.J. Brown type Commitment coming soon, likely. Oh no, their Ole Miss is not even in the mix. It's just uh Illinois and AM. No, he's uh yeah. That would be a, a hard pill for state fans to swallow. Having another elite receiver go to Ole Miss would that would that would be tough. That would be tough. People forget the preseason win total for Ole Miss was seven point five. Yeah. That was the expectations going into this season. So I picked them to go over, as did most people. But, yeah. Yeah. Isn't it nice to have this problem for a change? Yeah. I mean, that. but that's – and it's not just about Lane Kiffin. Now, he's a major part of it, no doubt. But if Lane Kiffin didn't have the financial buy-in from fans and from the school, this wouldn't be happening. I'm not just saying that to gas you – you Ole Miss fans up but it's true if if Ole Miss fans were not as bought in on the NIL front as they are and if the administration did not have the uh we'll give you whatever you want just win mentality this wouldn't be happening so it's not just obviously Lane's a massive massive part of it of course he is he's the coach I mean he's the one that is leading the team to these wins but it's not just him that is causing this to happen, that there's total buy-in around him. And that is what is leading to this as well. This will be the first game you've watched for Ole Miss that you won't have any emotion about outside of close game towards the end. I've actually heard that from a few people, that it's more of just like, hey, uh, I'm going to pour a whiskey and watch the game. And if they're playing well, I'm going to get into it. And if they get beat, all right, just go win the Egg Bowl, and I'll book my tickets to Miami. I mean, I've, I've heard that from a lot of Ole Miss fans. Somebody said, I believe. Don't do that. Don't do the I believe thing. We did it in high school uh, when we played Burns, and they kicked our ass. Don't, don't, do the, don't do the we believe thing. No. Ask a Mississippi State fan what that leads to. The line of this game was 20 and a half in the offseason. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, it's down to 10, 10 and a half now. If Ole Miss wins, what will they be ranked? Ooh. They'd be behind Ohio State, Michigan, and Washington, and Florida State. They'd be five. I believe the undefeated teams remaining would be ahead of them, right? Ohio State, Michigan undefeated. Washington undefeated. Florida State undefeated. They, they would be Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, Florida State. They'd be number five. Beard did, to men's basketball for a second, Beard did say that they're going to shoot threes no matter what. They got good looks yesterday. Good looks will go in sometimes. They will. Kiffin has coached 45 games and has only been blown out three times. 21 Bama, 22 LSU, and 22 Arkansas. In LSU 2022, they led midway through the third. They've been very competitive. And you guys know the circumstances around the Arkansas game last year. <laughs> Ole Miss will win the game borky 834 p.m central time write it down no 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 <laughs> clip that though that could be used against me later you know dart's been good but if matt Corral is a quarterback for this team what would they look like the exact same uh that bothers or maybe that's A hot take, or maybe people would disagree with that, but I don't think they would be any different right now. Record-wise, anyway, they wouldn't be. Jackson Dort is having a hell of a year, guys. I I mean, look at his QBR and his efficiency numbers. He's been been really, really good. Like, one of the better seasons in program history good. Not the best or anything. I'm not saying that, but damn, he's been really good. If State beat Ole Miss, it would irritate you much more as a State fan than make you happy, especially if it's like last year where Arnett dials up the defense and makes the game ugly and fought in a phone booth. I have no desire to see that in the sixth game to get to 6-6, and and all of us wonder where that was, and you can only dial it up against Arkansas and Ole Miss. That would be frustrating as hell, actually, because why are you coaching that game differently? Fair question. Yeah, I agree with Corral. Ole Miss is probably still 8-1 and one with a closer loss to Alabama. Well, which Matt Corral are you getting? Because even in 21, I mean, Ole Miss was winning games on defense in the back half of 21, especially after he got hurt and, and couldn't be as productive. Um, I mean, he was exceptional, don't get me wrong. I, just, I, I think that people are downplaying the year that Dart's having right now. If all it took keeping Moorhead was beating a 4-8 Ole Miss team 21-20, to then Arnett beating a 92 Ole Miss team might get an extension. Um, you heard Lane Kiffin could get another raise if they go to 11 wins with the bowl game win. He's going to get another raise, I think, even if they get to 10 before the bowl game, frankly. Maybe not a giant one, but I think more money will come, yes. Zach Hornet's just so lost looking on the sidelines. Yeah, man. I mean, you could really notice that against Kentucky. I mean, the the microphone on his headset is up on top of his head. He's pacing the sideline, not talking to anybody. Every time they would show him, he's not talking to anybody. And, And watch other coaches. Watch Nick Saban when they cut to Nick Saban. He's talking to somebody, always. When they cut to Lane Kiffin. Man, he's, he's bitching in that, in that headset the whole game. And then they show Zach Arnett, and that microphone is up on his head, and he's just pacing, and he's just not talking to anybody. Uh, it, it, it's disorganized, and they're also they're undisciplined at this point. You, you, you can't go on like this. Ole Miss will replace the loser of Michigan-Ohio State in the playoff if they beat Georgia, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is why you, you need you need Texas to lose. You want to root for Texas to lose, root for Washington to lose, root for Michigan to lose this weekend. Um, just get them out of the way. You need chaos because right now, again, there's undefeated Florida State. Texas, even with their one loss, if they run the table, they're getting in. Winner of Ohio State and Michigan's getting in. If Washington runs the table, they're getting in. And, and all of these other schools like Oregon, for example, if they do end up beating Washington, they would win the conference and, and you wouldn't have that on your resume. You need chaos. You need absolute chaos uh, to, to have a legit, a legitimate shot. Great show, man. Thanks for the content. Appreciate you. Glad, uh, glad you are uh, glad you are here. A guy can be a great DC or OC, but head coach is an apples to oranges thing. Yeah. But I agree with this. I, I mean, he, he's not the same guy. It, it does. I think Chase is right that that he's had a personality shift. He doesn't seem like the same guy anymore. It's very bizarre. Does AM fire Jimbo after this season? Not, not if you believe. Uh let's see. I saved. uh brett zwerneman who covers texas a&m for the houston chronicle said as of early november jimbo fisher will get another year at texas a&m so thoughts on lsu's finish to the year probably beating a&m in florida to get to nine and three wonder what the status of brian kelly will be restless will be the status not hot seat or anything but restless for uh, for sure 11-2, and two, probably bumps Kiffin from 9 to 9.5. You don't know how much higher they can go past 10. Uh, hell, if he wins 11 games, then I, I wouldn't be surprised if they got all the way up to 10. That'd be the first time in program history. I mean, that that is so significant. But anyway, I got to run, guys. Appreciate you so much. We'll be back Thursday, 100%. Uh, absolutely, we'll be back Thursday. There's no Halloween. There's nothing going on. Thursday night. 745, 745 sharp on, uh, on Thursday night. We'll, we'll give our last thoughts uh, going into the weekend. Uh, see you guys then. Thank you. Uh, like the video, all that stuff, and I'll talk to you again on Thursday. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.